0: this is the physical activity researcher podcast a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior physical activity and sports join for a relaxed dialogue about research design practicalities and well anything related to research learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications and here is your host researcher and entrepreneur ollie Tikkanen. welcome everyone this is a practical podcast series the apcs of physical activity measurements and the aim of this series is to provide practical information for practitioners and researchers alike who want to learn more how to measure physical activity in different settings and how this data can be used and this is part three of the series and many people think that measuring physical activity with accelerometer is complicated but we want to tell that it is not and we go through the three steps how to measure physical activity. And again, I will be joined by Dr. Miriam Caprita. Welcome,
1: Miriam. Thank you. Hello.
0: Yes. So we start with three steps. And step number one is that you provide the sensor to the client or to the participant. And basically this can be done when you are meeting the participant face-to-face. So you give the device, if you do it face-to-face, you can maybe already attach the device. If it's on the thigh, you can maybe look together that it's in the right way and attached correctly. It is. You get better data when you do it together, the attachment of the device. But there is also possibility of mailing the sensor. So. The devices are small, so you can put it just in a letter and send it and have the guideline how to attach the sensor. And basically, this enables you to, if you're a practitioner, you can actually do work with people from far away also. It can increase your customer base. You can have more people as customers from wider geographical area and it works pretty well if the device is cloud-based you can get the data already when the device is still with the participant on and if it's if it's not cloud-based then you can have a return envelope in the letter that you send and when the participant finishes the measurement they just slip in the device and there's already the address and, and the postage paid. So it will be very easy for the participants to do it. Do you have Miriam anything to add for the for the first part?
1: No, the the only thing maybe I would always advise to to send a return the Envelope because even if you cannot get the data on the cloud, most likely you don't want the participant to keep the sensor. So sooner or later you need it. Um, that is uh, that is the only thing. And if you send it, uh, if you say, decide to go by the with the post option. My advice is provide as many uh, instructions and in different formats, uh, movie, for example, QR code for a movie uh, written um, because, yeah, you don't want people to think it's too complicated or place the sensor in in the wrong way. So make it as easy as possible or as understandable as possible to the participant or to the client.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And maybe to add that some of the new devices can measure really long times and the battery can last in standby mode for years. So basically you can also just give the device once or mail it once and then the participant can, for example, wear it for one week and then... You, you can put it remotely in standby mode, and you can give the feedback, you get the data from the cloud, you can create the reports, and then the participants can wear it again maybe a month later, so then there will be less logistics, so this is also also possible. And, and then if we go to step two, Miriam.
1: Okay, so let's, uh, step one, give the sensor, step two, let the participants and/or client uh, live their lives and do their normal uh, life as if nothing. So again, we discussed in the previous episodes about the the user friendliness of the sensors. If you are interested, go back um, to those episodes. But basically. That's it, the client, the participant lives their life. What is important, of course, is, and especially uh, with studies for a longer duration, um, I would always uh, suggest to uh, monitor how the data collection is going. And if it's a um, cloud-based sensor, if the, the data is automatically synced, then you can, of course, check it, that's the easiest. Uh, the che- just checking your computer regularly so first just a few days after the or the same day that person received the sensor but also at, uh, just put a reminder uh, to do it and if not give a phone call or send a message, an email but ask if everything is going well uh, just not to have that situation that the, the study duration is finished and then where is the data that's of course nightmare for researchers.
0: Yeah and for this that client or participants live as normally as possible so maybe good to say again that if you have a device on the wrist people might be taking it off and they see it they remember that they are being measured so many times it's it's not the best thing when you have a device for example hats with the patch on the thigh After some hours they probably don't even remember or notice that the device is there and it's important to have a fully waterproof device because then participants don't need to take it off and you much more likely have a long data and and when it's out of sight there is probably less bias in the measurements that people try to be more active so it, it, is, it is usually good that it's out of sight. It's attached just once and then people let it be. And many of these attachment methods, the device can stay up to two weeks even when the persons are showering every day. So it is quite quite a small burden for a participant to wear the device even for for two, two weeks. Any Anything Miriam to add to part two? No. Yeah. And then basically the part three, you will get the device back or you will get the data from the cloud and you can create the participant uh, feedback report. And, and you can, with many systems, it's just basically one click and you can open it. It will be a visual representation with the variables that are easy to understand for the participant. It can be, for example, how much person had Light activity on average per day, how much sitting, how much moderate to vigorous intensity activity, which is good for cardiovascular fitness and so on. And you can, you can provide uh, the feedback. And for many practitioners, it is good that you have something concrete for the discussion. You can, you can actually reference the numbers there because otherwise the discussion might go that you ask, like, uh, you, it's good to be active. How, how much do you have activity? And yeah, I have a lot. And then you're like, okay, that's good. Keep keep up the good work. And, and people might be not very fit. So when you have the actual numbers, it's much easier to give the feedback and get the fruitful discussion. And then you can have behavior change consultation, what could persons change, what are the most critical parts, critical variables there. And and then you can report, uh, you can do again the measurement and see what are the changes, what did we achieve, and you can then concentrate on next steps and again measure and it, it will be getting feedback of the of the progress. Miriam, anything to add for this one?
1: No, I just uh, I would say it's always nice to um, to give a report. In some, I think in some countries is even uh, requested, but in others not. But in any case, even if it's not requested, it's it's just very nice. People invested their time in the research and now thinking about research participants, so uh, it's really really nice to have an easy way to to create a report and just send a link, send a PDF. Um, but provide something back. People gave their time. So provide some uh, information. This is what we measure. These are the results. And of course, as meaningful as possible to the participants.
0: Yeah. So even though accelerometry might sound complicated, it is It is not. And, and basically part A, give the sensors. You just need to start the device uh, and then when the participant get it with many devices, you don't need to install any apps. You don't need to do any registration. You don't need to have a smartphone. You don't need to do anything. The device is just a blank device. doesn't have any buttons. Participants just attach it and they can forget. So it's much easier than with consumer devices where you need to probably create a user account and, and so on. And there's a lot of steps and, and then Creating the participant report is basically one click, so it's not complicated. It's pretty pretty easy. So I think we will finish. This was a short episode, just telling how to do it. And and if you haven't listened yet, the part one and two about part one different methods of measuring and assessing physical activity. And part two, we cover more, how do these devices work and what are the pros and cons. But thank you for this this episode. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in this show, we would really appreciate the rating on Apple Podcast or whichever app you're using. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes. So be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.